0: Hello again, everyone. Thanks for joining us and welcome inside another edition episode number 32 of the Adam Jones podcast still wearing that Lakers jersey. He is the former five time all star Adam Jones. I'm just Jerry Coleman. Appreciate you being here today. We continue our conversation with the Ravens head coach John Harbaugh plus another sterling edition of socially speaking where we answer one of your questions via Facebook. Twitter or Instagram. You can find us on all three platforms at Adam Jones Pod. That's Adam Jones Pod. Of course, there's an at before that. And make sure to rate our podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts. That way you qualify for a Miss Shirley's gift card. And we continue our conversation with the coach.
1: I want to ask something that you get flack over a lot two point conversions over the goat. Now, we could get on the goat, there's a lot of goats. But you and Joe Judge the only special teams coaches, coordinators to be head coaches, and you got to work under the great Andy Reid for such a long time, and you got to work with David Akers who's such a great kicker, for such a long time. Obviously, Adam did his homework. Working, Adam did some homework. Working, working special teams means you're a personnel guy. You know everybody. Literally everybody. You have to know everybody. Right. Um, you know, just obviously you going into drafting, Tucker, you know, what you know with your special teams knowledge you love the sport you love you love the two-point conversion you love it I love it we all love it but I mean, just talk about the special teams and your journey being from yeah. special teams to personnel to you the head coach you get to run everybody yeah. with knowing everybody opposed to not being a coordinator you get to go run full shot
2: yeah that, that's good really good insight you know a lot of, a lot of a lot of layers to the question that's such a good question I, I feel like just from that aspect of it every coach has their different like path or a different way and you've got to like become a head coach based on hopefully your ability to coach your success and then projecting your ability to do this the job which is a head coaching job which is a unique job it's different so you know one being good at one aspect of coaching doesn't make necessarily say you're going to be good at another aspect or not good it really doesn't it just there's unique skill sets for every type of a type of a job and like if you look at like Steve Bishotti in terms of his hirings. And then you look at like Jeffrey Lurie, look at the coaches he's hired, you know, you kind of see that, I think. But for me, like I was always coming up feeling like, oh, man, I'm I'm, I'm falling behind because I'm not a quarterback coach or I'm not an offensive line guy. When you get to be an expert, you move up fast when you're younger in those ranks. But a lot of those guys end up being kind of one-dimensional and they kind of stall out. And I was always the guy who was coaching everything. I coached offense, defense, special teams, you know, I pretty much coach every position except quarterbacks. And I, my brother's a quarterback, so I guess I could count that. <laughs> Not really, but I'll take it. But the, the point is that, like, as I look back on it and I see, okay, this was God's plan. This is what he had in mind. By exposing me to all these different aspects of the game as an assistant coach, he was preparing me for this opportunity that he had in store, I would, I believe, back when. And, and now you draw on all those experiences and just try to apply them to, you know, what you meet every day in the job. So I'm just very grateful for the background, special teams, defense and offense, you know. So for me, Adam, it's I'm pretty much a defense and special teams centered coach because I that's where I spent my time in the NFL. And that's where I have probably the deepest, you know, most intricate knowledge of, of the schemes itself. But I've been on offense enough. And now as a head coach, I've been around enough to know what I believe our offense needs to look like based on the players we have. Hold the coaches accountable as much as possible. Give them ideas where needed. But I'm not too hands-on with the offensive game planning or play calling and trust those guys to do it. And I'm really excited about Todd Munkin because I really think, you know, he I like the way he builds the offense. It's very artistic, okay? It's not so much uh, blueprint-like. It's very more artistic, free-flowing. And I think that's going to really fit Lamar really well. So I'm excited about that part of it and what he's putting in. As far as the two-point stuff, I'll tell you, there's a bunch of those I want back. I mean, i got to be honest with you. Because when you don't get them, it's like, you know, And but other times we got them, it's like, oh, you're a hero, you know. So Of
1: course.
2: But I feel a couple times there, like the two years ago when we did him, we didn't get them. I was kind of playing to the fact that we were underdogs. I didn't have as much confidence, to be honest with you, that we were going to win in overtime or that we were going to get them stopped on the next series in the Packers case of the Packers game. I just felt like this is our shot. Let's try to win it right now. This was our best chance to win. And then I felt like we could get the two points reasonably well. But it, it all comes down to like fourth downs. Yeah, I know the analytics are part of it, but that's overblown to me. Yes, we look at it. But do you think you're going to get it? And does it give you the best chance to win the game? And it's still a gut decision at the end. Now, this I'll say this, and maybe I'm throwing the beans here. With the team that we've got coming in this year, it's probably going to be a little more conservative this year. Because I do think we're going to have the kind of team like we had toward the end of last year that is going to be able to, is going to, be able to punt, punt them back down in there, get him stopped, keep him in there, finish the drive. Or kick the, the field goal, tie the game, win in overtime if you have to. You know, I, I just That's my instinct about the way it's going to go. And uh, maybe also being stung a couple of times at him like we all were, the fact that we lost those games. I, I got to be honest. I mean, yeah, you do remember that, right? So 100%. that's just, just being human.
0: Right. All right, we're going to get to the baseball shortly. A few more football questions for you, Coach, though, as I see you eye the clock in the corner.
2: Oh, you saw it? Um, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I can see you. Everyone can see you. We're on YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts, whatever. Real quickly, though, it was just announced you're going to hold this joint practice with the Washington football team. In the right. past, I thought you said maybe you were going to stop doing those due to the litany of injuries. What changed your thinking this year around?
2: Well, we've had, like, we've done about five of those, and they've been really successful except for the Carolina one for whatever reason, bad luck. I don't know, but uh, that was just, that was a bad camp for us. It wasn't just the, that practice, but I guess probably I was snake. I felt snake bit by it last year. And I decided we changed all of our training camp last year, completely reform everything mm-hmm. we've ever done in training camp. So, you know, I didn't want to practice against another team and kind of mess with that tempo. And I didn't feel good about the year before this year. It's already been reformed. We, have kind of, we, have, we know what we want to do in training camp with our, with our work-rest ratios and all that. And uh, I know Ron really well. I really trust Ron. And I feel like we're going to be able to put together a really good two-day session. And I think we're going to need it because, honestly, also, Jerry, we're not really planning on playing our veterans as much. Uh, you know, we didn't play them at all last year, and certainly not this year as much as we had over the, you know, like you said, things change. So uh, I really want to get that work against another team in practice and then in a controlled environment. So that's that's pretty much our thinking on it.
1: You're gonna try that. Uh, you guys gonna incorporate that butt fumble? I mean, not the butt fumble. Butt no, push. the, the butt, butt push. Butt push. Yeah, butt we
2: got push. Okay, so we actually was Lamar had, strong
1: enough. I mean, Jay oh yeah, yeah, we we,
2: we we had that in. That was we ran that numerous times last year. Okay. Now, I'm not gonna say we ran it as well as as well as Philadelphia because they were ridiculously good at it, but. That was the call in the, in the Bengals game. That was what we were, that's what we were doing. And, you know, we, we made the mistake of going over the top and, and that's what happened. So we learned from that, but um, yeah, that you got to have that, man. That's, that's a, that's a sweet play right there.
1: Oh, it works. It, as you've seen, it works like no other, but yeah, it's
2: not, it's not real dynamic. I mean, it's kind of like rugby,
1: right? 100%. Yes. I got to see a lot of rugby lately and it's great. <laughs> I want to take you back into, I mean, your father's impact, obviously your brother. We know your brother, uh, who's played a great career as a Michigan. Uh, but your father's impact uh, in 45 years of coaching. I wrote this all down. I got to give Mr. Jack Harbaugh his flowers, Western Michigan. I
0: love Jack uh, Harbaugh. Western Kentucky. Big Jack Harbaugh uh,
1: fan. Ended up, his final year, he won the d one A championship, 45 years of coaching. And like, what has he just inspired in you, taught you? Cause, your whole life, majority of your life—I mean, all your life. I mean, yeah. I know how old you are. He's—he's yeah,
2: uh, he's been coaching. Yeah, he talks to our team. He's talking to our team this week. He's an unbelievable, incredible motivator. Um, him and my mom both. But, but I, I'll say—I'll say one thing about a like, quick story. So, he's always been the guy that always was always positive. Like his thing was—you—you never—you never speak negatively about yours, your family, your friends, your people, your team. You know, that is, you always, you speak, you speak positive, you speak life into them you say good, you say positive things, especially, you know, when you're talking to other people. But there were plenty of times when he had, when he let us know what wasn't acceptable, like as a dad, right? So quick story, we're playing, we're in Little League and Jim's, Jim's about a year younger than me. He was playing a uh, younger league than He was maybe 10. I was like 11. And so I went, it's Tuesday night, I went to watch his game in Little League and I'm standing on the fence you know, behind the home plate watching, and uh, and uh, we had ridden our bikes to, to the game uh, pretty much halfway across town, pretty long ride, you know, gloves on the handlebars, bat across the deal, and uh, we went to the game. And so my mom and dad came later when my dad got off work and they drove the car and parked, and we're watching, and I don't know, fourth inning or so, Jim hits a pop-up, high pop-up, right? Well, what are you supposed to do when you hit a pop-up, even if you know they're going to catch it? You run it out, right? You run it out. That's mm-hmm. just what you do in baseball. Well, Jim didn't. Jim's 10, and he's frustrated, and he walks it out, right? So, ooh, that's not good. So after the game, we're, we're, we're walking our bikes up to the car, and I'm, I figure we're going to either ride home or maybe throw the bikes in the trunk and drive home, right? And uh, so my dad doesn't say a word, opens up the trunk, and throws Jim's bike in. Okay. And he looks at Jim and he says, you like walking so much, you can walk home. So, wow. Yeah, okay. So, Did you, did you get a ride? Did you get a ride? So I'm like <clears throat> thinking to myself, well, that's right. That's fair enough. That's how it should be. Then he throws my bike in the trunk. And he says, and I look at him like, what? He goes, you're walking home too because that's your younger brother. And he should know better. You should make sure he knows better. So we both walked <laughs> home that night. And I guarantee you we never walked out of pop-up ever again in our short baseball careers.
0: That is an awesome story. And again, <laughs> we're gonna get to full-fledged baseball in a moment, but I gotta ask you two kind of bizarre questions. First of all, we're looking at your office, man. You got you got quite the office there. Uh you got a beautiful flag behind you. I don't know what that picture is over your uh your left hand shoulder, but uh you know, we saw EDC's office the other day for our last podcast, but what's the history with the flag behind you?
2: Well, the flag is, up. so I got that, I think Ingrid got that for me. It's an Abraham Lincoln quote. It says, it says, I like to see a man proud of the place in which he lives. I like to see a man live so that his place will be proud of him. So I, I like thought that. that was appropriate for, no, the Ravens. And then the picture over here, no, over here, over there, there's the picture. That's uh, when I was 23. My brother mm-hmm. was 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 friends with one of Ronald Reagan's press, assistant press secretaries, Mark Weinberg. And they set up a weekend. We were going to go, we went to Washington and we got to meet Ronald Reagan. And it was Jim because he was, you know, a star. And uh, we all got yeah. to go in there and take his hand. I'll tell you, that's an autographed picture with Ronald Reagan. And, um, the man was just uh, just a striking, wonderful, nice man. Just a really good guy. And it kind of it affected me for the rest of my life with I thought, you know, this is a humble person who's the president of the United States. And man, this is really, I don't know, I just, hard to put words to it. So that's a very meaningful moment. The rest of it is just work stuff. I do have this, I do have this one here. You'll like this, Jerry.
0: Looks like uh, a Dollar Tree. Oh, I thought you were going to pull out the Dollar Tree there.
1: Oh, that's the best quote in the world right there, baby. Got it. Yes.
0: Nice. Oh, Jerry. yes. You see that, Jerry?
1: Hey, take, you got, you got I see yeah, you still.
0: Take her uh, off. Yeah, take the barcode yeah. sticker off, take Coach. Take the
1: barcode. <laughs> 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 At least there's no price tag. <laughs> Greatest quote of all the time. Man is, yeah. Um, yeah. He's got, Greatest quote of all time.
0: We've got more ahead with our exclusive conversation with Ravens coach John Harbaugh. But first, let's support our dedicated sponsors who make this podcast possible, folks.
3: The Adam Jones Podcast with Adam Jones and Jerry Coleman will be live, and you can be part of the audience and meet Adam for the first time since he played for the O's. It all goes down on Thursday, July 27th at 8 p.m., doors open at 7, and tickets are limited, but now on sale. Go to baltimoresoundstage.com or ticketmaster.com or call 410-244-0057 to be a part of the action. This will be the first time Adam and Jerry have done the podcast in the same spot, and who knows, maybe the last. So don't miss this unique night, the Adam Jones Podcast, live at at Soundstage July 27th. See you there. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Be More Around Town. Be More Around Town is reminding you that football season is around the corner. Hashtag Purple Road Trip. Be More Around Town's trips are all-inclusive. Airfare, hotel, party, special guests, tours, and more. They're all ready for the Ravens game in London. They have over 300 deposits. Just pack your bags, get your passport, and meet them at the airport. Besides London calling, Be More Around Town also has road trips for all away games. Arizona, L.A., San Francisco, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincy. Head to Be BeMoreAroundTown.com. Dot com and find a hashtag purple road trip for you and your friends and family be more aroundtown.com buy our good friends at the Wineman Company by Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of. Of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1 800 Gambler. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee just for signing up. Royal Farms, real fresh, real fast.
2: Hey, Justin, keep an eye on the time. It's your night to handle dinner.
0: No worries. Got it covered. It's great getting dinner ready with no worries. That's why I never waste time and go straight to Royal Farms. Their chicken is fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded, and cooked right in the store.
3: Oh, wow, this smells amazing. I'm so impressed.
2: Real fresh,
0: real fast, Royal Farms.
3: And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out The Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Again, that's thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. And now back to the Adam Jones podcast interview with Ravens head coach, John Harbaugh.
0: So I wanted to ask you, and this is kind of a quirky question, these owners meetings, when you guys get together for those group pictures with the coaches... I want to know the history of that. Like, how is that organized? Is there a dress code? Is it mandatory? Because you always show up. You look nice. But I can't say that about every coach.
2: I, I feel like it's mandatory. I feel like, why wouldn't you want to be there? I mean, are you kidding me? I can remember back to 2008 when we had the first owners meeting my first time. And I didn't know, like, what the dress was. So I just, like, I don't know. I, like, I forgot the pack, kind of. And I got there with no clothes. And they're like, what do you wear? These like, check Coach Billichick. I mean, he's, I go, Coach. I I forgot to pack clothes. <laughs> he, he looked at me like, "You got no chance to be successful. You came and pack your own bag." But he said, "He goes, Ah, you know, shorts and a polo, you'd be fine." You know, I look back now. It's like I'm asking Belichick for fashion advice. <laughs> right? So I look, I see that picture, and I'm I'm in there with Bill, and I got I got the polo that I bought at the at the hotel, and now all these years later, 15 years later, I'm sitting next to Coach Belichick, Coach Reed, Coach Carroll. We were kind of in a row this year, and uh, you know, I, I promise you. To me, it's like the most meaningful thing because it's just a little bit of a moment to say, "Wow, this is really, this is this is a lead company. This is kind of high cotton that you're walking in right here, and you're kind of proud of that a little bit."
1: I want to ask one about that too. As follow up with that? Yeah, it's you being one of thirty-two, um, and you know, obviously, you see the fluctuation of head coaches every year. There's always five, six, seven, eight that go. You, Tomlin, Belichick, Reed, you guys have had your jobs for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, first off, what's the success into that? And the the prideful and interesting. Yeah. Po poke your chest out, coach. No one gets to do something great for so long without being great. Yeah. It's impossible.
2: It's meaningful you and, and chest you know, out. well right in our division, like to me it keeps you humble because you got Mike Tomlin right over there. And that. You know, he, he told me a few years back, he said, you know, you and I, our names will be tied together forever in, in football history, and, and 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 it's true. And I, I think it's, I couldn't be more honored than to have, have, you know, my name tied next to someone as great as Mike Tomlin. And then even the coaches in our division, I mean, these two young guys are they're just, they're tough as heck to go against. So all, all that is exactly right. But um, I, I remember back when I first was here and someone asked me, how do you plan on keeping the job? And it was really an easy answer for me. It came right to me because, you know, Jerry, you remember we were fighting all the battles and kind of changing the culture here in, in a lot of ways. And I remember I just said, just spit it right out. You know, I'm not trying to keep the job. I'm trying to do the job. And I feel like that's the thing. If you try to do the job as well as you can to the best of your ability, in the end, it gives you the best chance to keep the job. But you're never trying to keep a job. Jobs don't last forever. Nothing lasts forever. You just want to be able to look back and say you did the job, you know, the right way with integrity as well as you possibly could, treated people the right way, worked as hard as you could. Um and then you know what, let the chips fall, really.
0: Let's turn our attention to uh, to baseball. We promised we were going to talk about that. Now you talked about having to walk home as a kid. I guess this was this was little league, but what position did you play and and how did you really get acclimated to the game of baseball and where did it fit in terms of your favorite sports, of course, after football?
2: Well, baseball was first because, you know, when you grow up in our area, you play little league baseball. And and my dad's a huge baseball fan. He was a Cleveland fan, the Cleveland Indians, dare I say, now the guardians. Uh, So, you know, we kind of grew up with that. Then we, we were in Michigan. We became big Tigers fans because Gates Brown was the Tigers, the all time leading pinch hit uh, leader for many years he played high school football and baseball and basketball with my dad and they were best friends in high school. So, you know, we went there four or five, six times a year afterwards uh, the Gator would take my dad and his two little boys uh, to Willie Horton's bar in Detroit. And we'd be hanging out with the guys, you know, kind of, I guess. Um, and we'd be over there playing shuffleboard and stuff like that. And just like, man, I mean, it was uh Gates Brown was, was our hero. And so baseball for us, that was it, man. We, we started off in baseball. And I was, you know, like every, I was a short, I started off when I first, my first year, they put me at first base because I could catch like at seven years old. And then you ended up being a shortstop uh, for most of the time. Then when I got into high school, my arm, Adam, my arm, man, I could not throw. It's like, what happened to my arm? It's just like, I couldn't get it over there. Yeah, I definitely couldn't go over here and get it back over there. No shot. So they moved me to second. And then I ended up playing in the outfield. Okay, and I was a pretty good hitter, lefty, uh, uh, you know, all conference, right? Pretty decent. So when I was playing golf with Buck, like, like five years ago, I had my golf club out, and I showed him, I showed him my swing. Okay, lefty, uh-huh. throw right, bat left. And I, I swung. I said, got, I said, "Buck, what do you think?" Gave him my swing, and he looked at it and just shook his head. And he goes, "Low and inside, you got no shot." <laughs> <the> <laughs> I know. That's what happened to me. That's what drove me off. Uh, swing is too long. You got to con- make it more compact. Uh,
1: I want to take you back to the, back to the Michigan um, eighty four. <laughs> yeah, no straight. interest in
2: my baseball career, Adam.
1: I you do, like, I do. But I, nice. I mean, it was slight. It was slight. <laughs> but but your love for the game is has been lifetime. Nice. So I want to take you back to the eighty four World Series, which is it's a year before I was born. It still hurts me because I was born in this, I was, I, no, I wasn't even conceived yet because the World Series was over, of 84. The Padres, <laughs> but it still hurts me. Padres, Tigers, Alan Trammell. My mom went to high school with Alan Trammell. Wow. Um, great shortstop. And uh, just, you know, what you remember, Bob Fidrich, one of your favorite players of all time. I, yeah, I did my homework uh, on Mark the, the Bird
0: Fidrich, that's uh, right. We should yeah. mention he was part of a, a special um, on the Baseball Network. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. And, you know, just – you, you, you know what do you remember about your, your childhood with the with the Tigers? I mean, and from there to now, as obviously Detroit has went from one of the great metropolitans to
2: yeah.
1: one of the desolate metropolitans.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, we grew up we grew up watching. You know, my wife is from uh, Redford, which is which is Detroit. Uh, she went to Redford Union High School. Uh, great track star, man. She was uh she was a great track runner there, and um, she's a big Tigers fan too. So yeah, we grew up with. Sweet Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell and Paris mm. and, and uh, man, uh, Chet Lemon, you know, Herndon. Uh, uh, it was it was just it was it was like that was it. And like we had the connection to, as I said, to uh, to Gage Brown. So, you know, that was big. And, you know, the, bit, the, the bird in 76, that was kind of we were just kind of coming of age. My brother used to pitch like the bird. So he did the bird. He talked to the ball. He went down and patted the mound around and everything. So he was the bird for a year. Then the next year is Matt Al Herboski. Whoever whoever the craziest pitcher was that's who we imitated <laughs> but you know that's what you do when you're a kid you know you, you imitate baseball players so that was what it was about and Ingrid my wife like she's still a hardcore Tigers Red Wings Pistons fan she's not a Lions fan thank god
1: but Ooh. she's hardcore <laughs> for
2: all those other teams and uh, and especially the, the Tigers her her dad took her to a game and uh They they usually sat like way up in the bleachers, but for some reason this game they had good seats. And so she was they were walking in, and they just started playing. She's seven years old, and they start playing the National Anthem, so she has to stop. And she was separated from her dad like by a couple steps. So she's standing there, and she's kind of by herself, and her dad stopped too. And this this older gentleman like grabbed her hand during the National Anthem who was sitting on the end of the aisle. And, um, and they stood to the national anthem. She had her hand on her chest. And then the, young, the, the gentleman stood down and he said, he said, he said something to her, what's your name? And, uh, and he said, my name is Hank Greenberg. And my, my father in law, Ingrid's dad, says he was in tears, just bawling. And Hank Greenberg signed an autograph for her back then. So that's when she got completely hooked on baseball at seven years old. And she became, she was a shortstop. She was way better than me and Jim at baseball and softball, I promise you. She had a rocket coming across. I saw her play when we first met. So there's the athlete in the family. But that's how it started off, Adam, with Detroit, kind of for us and then also for my wife, so it kind of all tied together. It's, that's they, a great that like, That's what people's baseball stories are, though, right? They're just meaningful, like, feel the dreams like. You know, that's how baseball <laughs> is, right? For sure. It's like real, you know? Yeah. For you guys, it's like a game. So just, okay, so my terrible career, we went out to Palo Alto, and uh, I made made the American Legion team. It was going into my freshman year in college. Pa- Palo Alto American Legion team was great. Bob Melvin was the catcher the year before. Every guy in oh, wow. the team, every guy in the team was either going to play minor league baseball or they were going to got a college scholarship. And um, I made the team because I was an okay hitter, but I had a rag for an arm. And then this guy named Carlos Moton told me he goes like we're in warmups. He goes. You got a rag. I'm like what? Goes, a rag? I go. What do you mean a rag? He goes. I, I'm like rag. He goes. Your arm. You cannot throw. I was like, well, that's right. He was. He was going to Hawaii to play. You know. So my point is, is like, real ball players that really can play. That you know. And that was just, that was just guys who were going to play college baseball or whatever. Guys at the triple at the, the A and the majors. Like these guys are so legit. Playing baseball, hitting a baseball, the skills that go with that. It's crazy how good you got to be to make it in baseball. I no doubt
0: about that. it. I, I don't know how much you watch of today's game, but uh, whether you're watching the Orioles or another team, how about these rule changes where they've sped up the game? Do you like some of these rule changes and what they've done to try and make it more appealing as they say, coach to the kids?
2: I, as a fan, I, I have to admit, I like the game going a little faster. To be honest with you, I can't lie about that, but it's supposed to be a timeless game. So, you know, I do feel kind of weird about that too. What do you think, Adam?
1: Uh, I mean, I, it's sped up the game. I work for the league now, so I'm supposed to say uh, everything good, but no, I think it's sped up the game. I think there's obviously going to be some rule changes and some tinkering to it as you get more data. Uh, but I think right now the fan is, the average fan is incredibly happy with how fast games are. the, alcoholics aren't necessarily as happy because beer. you, you go get a beer and you're missing, uh, you know, could be two innings, just how fast things happen. But I think the, the casual fan with taking his kid on a night game, and I love how the Orioles have switched a lot of games to 630. Those 30 minutes matter, especially when, you you know, you end in the game at 9 o'clock, opposed to previously games are in at 1030, 11. That's a big difference as a father, keeping mm-hmm. kids up. So I, I think so far it's going to, it's good. I think postseason, it's going to have to tinker because I've never met a fan that's ever cared about how long a postseason game is. They want their team to win. They don't care what it takes all night. They don't
2: care. That's a good point. I can see that. Yeah.
1: Um, So I want to ask you about just city impact in Baltimore. When you came to Baltimore, it was a football town. Let's just be honest. Baseball has revived itself. The Orioles have got up to a solid start for the first couple months. It's been it's been great for the city. Uh 2012, with both you obviously you guys win the Super Bowl. We're getting into the playoffs for the first time in fifteen years. Fourteen. We're back in there. We're a stretch where we're both just nipping at the bud. As a coach, as someone who sees everything, special teams coach. You see everybody, you see it all. The impact of the city when we're both good, opposed to when just one is good, well, when just you guys are good. There's never been a chance when it's just, the Orioles have been good.
2: I, yeah, I think it's big. I mean, you come to fall in love with the city, you know, like we do a lot of things down uh, in the city, uh, Park Heights and some other areas that we just, where we know people. Uh, this is, this city's got so many good people, so many really, really, really good people that love the Orioles and love the Ravens. You know, it's a small town kind of comparatively, and these are the two teams, man. They just love both teams. They want to see both teams do well. And to me, like, when both teams are doing well, it's good for both teams. There should never be a rivalry between the Ravens and the Orioles. I know it, historically there's been a couple, but I think it's way better now for whatever reason. That's kind of maybe since I first got here. I don't know, but I think we root for each other because it's like it's like having gas stations or, or, or fast food stores on opposite corners. You want them both to be thriving. You, know, you want people coming to that corner for business. We want people to be excited about sports in Baltimore because that helps us both, you know, and, and it's more fun for us. Like I like to go to, I love to go to Orioles games. I love baseball games. I like to watch them on TV. They're so much fun to watch right now just because of the way they play. Um, I think, I think, I think, uh, you know, I think Brandon Hyde's done an amazing job. I love, I love the style, the young players, the speed, the pitching is really doing well. I mean, they can knock it out of the park at any time. It's just a fun team to watch. So I know it's good for us, and I'm, I'm just excited about it, but really more for the city, to your point, Adam, is like we got to keep working. we got to keep working to find solutions down there. we got to keep working to drive investment down there, to, uh, to, to, to bring opportunity down there, business opportunity, things like that, to make it safe for people to want to go down there, you know, to, to, to tie together economically the county, the city, Howard County, Baltimore County, the, Baltimore City, man, we got to bring it all together because we're one region and we got to be a team, you know, and um, I I just, you know, I just just hope that Mayor Scott and everybody else, I know they want to do it and hope we can try to help any way we can. But if the Ravens and the Orioles, whatever we can do to help, I think you're right, we're a big part of that.
0: All right, here are the words you've been waiting for, Coach. This is the last question. (laughs) question. (laughs) (laughs) And basically it deals with, the kinship you have had. Not only you mentioned Buck Showalter, but also Brandon Hyde. I mean, a lot of people think, you know, you guys go in different circles, but no, you have a relationship with the Orioles manager. Can you expand on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, we just, we talk a lot, you know, we text a lot because that's what you do nowadays. And we talk sometimes. Uh, Congratulations a lot of times, but also I've had a couple of things where things have come up and I've, I've asked his advice, you know, what he thinks. And, you know, sometimes we'll just get into those conversations and, we keep talking about getting out and playing golf, but we're both pretty busy. But I have found, Adam, baseball players are better golfers than football players. You guys just got the you know you know how to release the club and all that. And uh, I've heard he's really a good golfer so I'm like, eh, I don't know if I need to go out there and get beat. So we yes. will just go to dinner or something. <laughs> like- a lot of those guys,
1: a lot of coaches play, you know because he, he came up as a uh, first base coach. So he didn't come out making all the money, but knew all the guys. So he got to golf with all the big dogs on all the big courses, drink all, have all the good cigars. Yeah. So yeah, he can play. He can play. Right. He can play.
2: Yeah.
0: Don't <laughs> <can> get into <laughs> a a gambling uh, episode with no. a baseball, no. golf not, playing uh, person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do not do it. Hey, coach, uh, we could thank you a thousand times for coming on. It wouldn't be enough, but very grateful for you taking all this time for us. And thank it's you, been coach. a distinct. It's our pleasure. It's our privilege.
2: Thanks for having me. It's my, it's my pleasure and privilege and honor, too. I've got so much respect for you, Jerry, absolutely, because you tell it like it is. And, Adam, for you as well, I mean, just what you've done. And the, the friend you've been to us, too, man. You've come thank out you. to practice. You, you have relationships with the players and the coaches. And like I said, you've been in the tunnel. You've been in the locker room after big wins. It means a lot, you know. And So don't stop. Come around. I will. More, man. I'll Take see you. you in
1: London. I will be in
2: London. You got it. Can't wait. All
0: right. Thank Thanks again, coach. Best Thanks of luck coach. to you. Thanks guys. We're in episode two. I mean, this was a two-parter with coach Harbaugh. He spent so much time. We got a tour of his office for heck's sake, but Oof. he also got into baseball and, uh, wow. Some yeah. interesting stories untold there as well.
1: I mean, he watches, that's the best thing. That's the beauty. And I remember our relationship growing, not just mine, but with obviously with Bucks and you know, the, the heads of the organizations in. uh, You know, 2012, when we started to become relevant in the city and started to get more notice, get a little bit more fans. And, uh, no, it's been great ever since. And Harbaugh has been – sorry, Coach Harbaugh has just been just the best. And, again, he's paying attention. He's watching. And when baseball is great in the city of Baltimore, obviously football is going to be a juggernaut and be great. Uh, The the city moves. Uh, Let's get a basketball team there. But the city moves when you have – Uh, baseball good. And it's great that he's paying attention. I'm sure other coaches are too. You see a lot of players at games now, obviously randomly, they have such a Mm -hmm. a crazy schedule with families and all that, but it's just good when, when you support each other, obviously, you know, football games, it's easier to go to a Sunday football game to go to a lot of baseball games, but you know, it's great when, when each other support each other and, you know, I'm great to be a part of that.
0: Well, I, I don't know what else to say, Adam. I mean, first EDC, who was awesome. Coach Harbaugh was excellent. I think there was a lot of groundbreaking news in there, especially yeah. about the Lamar episode and some of the other stories he told about his childhood. Uh, maybe our best podcast yet. I'm feeling
1: pretty good about it. I had to go to my notes and, you know, I, yeah, I had to take real notes on coach. Interesting, very interesting. Got to tell some great stories. Been around, been around a lot of different sports, a lot of different guys. A lot, and like I said, being a special teams coach, he is a personnel like magnet, and that's what Elias is. You know what I mean? It's like the scout of everybody, and he knows everybody's everything. So, uh, you know, just just a, just a great time getting to hear his stories and just hear his side of everything. And, you know, again, we want the Ravens to go as far as possible. Obviously, that means holding up the Lombardi Trophy. So uh, um, we'll see him in London, and hopefully they hold up the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year.
0: Well, here in episode two, I mean, this was a two-parter with Coach Harbaugh. He spent so much time. We got a tour of his office, for heck's sake. But Oof. he also got into baseball. And, uh, wow, some yeah. interesting stories untold there as
1: well. I mean, he watches. That's the best thing. That's the beauty. And I remember our relationship growing, not just mine, but with obviously with Bucks and, you know, the, the heads of the organizations in uh, – You know, 2012, when we started to become relevant in the city and started to get more notice, get a little bit more fans. And, uh, no, it's been great ever since. And Harbaugh has been – sorry, Coach Harbaugh has just been just the best. And, again, he's paying attention. He's watching. And when baseball is great in the city of Baltimore, obviously football is going to be a juggernaut and be great. Uh, The the city moves. Uh, Let's get a basketball team there. But the city moves when you have – Uh, baseball good and it's great that he's paying attention i'm sure other coaches are too you see a lot of players at games now obviously randomly they have such a Mm -hmm. a crazy schedule with families and all that but it's just good when when you support each other obviously you know football games easier to go to a sunday football game to go to a lot of baseball games but you know it's great when when each other support each other and you know i'm great to be a part of that
0: and there's a reason Coach Harbaugh is now the third longest tenured coach in the National Football
1: League. 100%. Yep.
0: Adam, so much to cover with the coach. It just leaves us time for another edition of Socially Speaking, where, of course, we answer a tweet, Facebook post, or Instagram post, or something on Apple Podcasts. Again, rate us five stars, and you qualify for a Miss Shirley's gift card. That increases your chances, especially if you show us the evidence. Anyway, this week's correspondence comes from at GT Money thirty eight, love some of these handles. And he asked Adam. <clears throat> he responded to your question sticker you posted, and you interact for sure on social media. But he asked, in the future, Plus. do you yeah. see yourself coaching baseball?
1: Hmm. Ah. Uh, um. I, never say never. I've learned that. Never say no. Uh, just say you think about it. Um. Give me options. I think a good thing right now, I'm in a position of options. Um, But I'll say never say never. I just, I think at this point, no. I can say no right now because my kids are young. It's amazing to be around my family when they're so young. Um, And we can travel, we can move all over the place. Um, I'm enjoying that. But for me to be, you know, an exec, uh, to ownership, uh, or something like that, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I, for some reason, I just I don't think the day-to-day of coaching, is it's tough. It's rigorous. It's tough on the families. You know, it's tougher than playing baseball because, you know, the coaches are there before us. The coaches are there after us. Um, so I think right now, no to that. But in the future, you never know. Uh, but to be an exec where, you know, I can wear my khakis, I can wear my Jordans, And, uh, I can just in my dunks and whatever, and I can just, you know, roam around, say what's up to the guys, have some influence, you know, what's up here and there. That's something right right there that I'll say yes to now because it gets me out the house. I can take my golf clubs. I can golf during the morning, go do my, you know, hang them interact at night and, uh, you know, be around the game still. So, but the coach now I'd say no in the future. I say never, you never know. Um, So that's my
0: answer. Yeah, Not as great as being an ambassador for MLB.
1: So I'm talking about mainly the ass of it. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) A little accentuation there. All right. We do want to thank our sponsors who have supported us from day one. They make this podcast possible. Let's salute them.
3: The Adam Jones Podcast with Adam Jones and Jerry Coleman will be live, and you can be part of the audience and meet Adam for the first time since he played for the O's. It all goes down on Thursday, July 27th at 8 p.m., doors open at 7, and tickets are limited, but now on sale. Go to baltimoresoundstage.com or ticketmaster.com or call 410-244-0057 to be a part of the action. This will be the first time Adam and Jerry have done the podcast in the same spot, and who knows, maybe the last. So don't miss this unique night. The Adam Jones Podcast, live at at soundstage july 27th see you there the Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Be More Around Town. Be More Around Town is reminding you that football season is around the corner. Hashtag Purple Road Trip. Be More Around Town's trips are all-inclusive. Airfare, hotel, party, special guests, tours, and more. They're all ready for the Ravens game in London. They have over 300 deposits. Just pack your bags, get your passport, and meet them at the airport. Besides London calling, Be More Around Town also has road trips for all away games. Arizona, L.A., San Francisco, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincy. Head to Be BeMoreAroundTown.com. And find a hashtag Purple Road Trip for you and your friends and family. Be more aroundtown.com. Buy our good friends at the Wineman Company by Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of. Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink. Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award winning coffee just for signing up. Royal Farms,
0: real fresh, real fast.
2: Hey, Justin, keep an eye on the time. It's your night to handle dinner.
0: No worries. Got it covered. It's great getting dinner ready with no worries. That's why I never waste time and go straight to Royal Farms. Their chicken is fresh, never frozen, hand breaded and cooked right in the store.
2: Oh
3: Wow, this smells amazing. I'm so impressed. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out The Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Again, that's thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar.
0: Much gratitude to senior executive producer Chip Franklin for putting this episode together. He works hard 24-7. He's always open. Unless don't call them at nights, but deals with all our shenanigans. So we appreciate that. Go out and subscribe to the banner. Tell a friend or family member about this podcast. Be real, be kind. And as always, make sure to be back for another episode next week on the Adam Jones podcast.